On today's show, our guest is Leah Rianvali. As many of you would know, I'm a proud Aussie. I truly think that we live in the luckiest country in the world. You can be, do, or have anything you want in this great place. And sure, it has its faults like anything, but on a whole, it's still the very best place in the world to live. It's hard not to take it all for granted sometimes, but I'm reminded often that this place was built on the backbone of immigration. Our guest today embodies everything it means to go all in and make the most of the Australian opportunity that is in front of all of us here. Leah came to Australia from Estonia in 2009 with no network, almost no English and no family to help her. Back home before leaving, Leah had earned her master's in teaching and is a passionate and accomplished artist. She left the promise of a media career behind as well as everything else to explore a new country and the opportunities that we have here in Australia. Once the excitement of arriving in a new country had calmed down, it became very real, very fast. But with true grit and determination, like thousands of immigrants before her, she managed to carve out a life, find a career, and is moving towards an ever-improving future with the opportunities that she creates for herself. After 10 years in Australia, she's now a fully-fledged Aussie citizen, albeit still with Estonian roots. Her story is one of commitment, determination, and a true go-all-in attitude to make the most of what you have in front of you. I'm excited she's here, so please help me in welcoming Leah Rianvali. Hey, are you totally committed? Are you playing full out? Are you all in? Hi, my name is Robert Brass, and this is the Go All In Podcast. Join me as we explore amazing stories of success, heartache, and absolute triumph by those who have gone all in. I'm glad you're here, so let's get to it and do whatever it takes to go all in and create the life of your dreams. Well, good day, Leah. Welcome to the Go All In Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Robert. Uh, Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, I like to start off all of my shows with a quick little get to know you quiz. It helps warm us up, calms the nerves down a little bit, and maybe your friends and family listening at home will get to know something about you that they don't already know. It's pretty random. It's in no particular order. You just got to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Uh, Yes, I am. All right. Tell me which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the beach or the bush? Beach. Yeah, the beach? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, all right. As I was doing a little bit of research on you before this interview, because you're an artist, you teach art, you do all that sort of stuff. I was trying to visualize you doing that because I know you as well. Are you listening to music while you're doing the art? Do you have headphones in and you're doing your thing? Well, I just have uh, music. Yeah, sometimes headphones. Depends uh, whether I'm painting with other people or not. But um, yeah, I normally have music going, definitely. Also, sometimes, you know, glass of wine helps as well. Just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's sort of a really, you know, mental and relaxation movement. The, the, yeah. The reason I ask is like, I, I think talking about art and you as an artist is a really super important topic for the Go All In podcast because. I talk to a lot of military veterans and successful business people and they do all these wonderful, really huge things in life. But I also think that most of us, if not all of us have a really strong creative streak in us. And I wish that I'd discovered that a little bit earlier on in my life. And I've discovered that in my creativity, that 
in the in the anticipation of a of a podcast or a TV show that I'm recording, I'll listen to a lot of music, and the music kind of gets me into the groove, and I'm listening to some 1990s rock or something like that. It depends on who I'm talking to. I'm wondering if you're listening to like Metallica in your ears as you're painting away. Is it a bit darker, or is it? Does it influence you? Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, look, um, I I like all type of music, but you know, it's uh, sort of depends really what mood I have, what what I want to create. It depends what I'm actually painting as well. Depends on the subject matter. I do enjoy classical music actually when I'm painting. Yeah, right. So um, Arvo Pärt is one of Estonian composer, uh, which which I enjoy. It's very deep and it really. You know, it's it's sort of melody only, so you don't need to focus on words. Yeah, so I I, I enjoy you know Mozart and and classical music. It's it's I enjoy when I paint, but you know it's not like a rule because I can listen to really anything. But really, it comes down to that subject matter as well. What I feel like painting. Very nice. You have to share some of that with me because I want to see if it influences me and my moods and stuff like that as well. Or it's just <laughs> no worries. Who knows? That's cool. <laughs> All right. As as an Estonian, tell me, you've how long have you been in Australia now? How many years? It's been a while now, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe, but it's been ten years. So, in all of those ten years, do you have a favourite Aussie saying? No worries, mate. <laughs> it's, I don't use mate often, but sometimes I do. Look, I, I sort of try to not pick up too many slang words. <laughs> it's uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but definitely, definitely quite a few is in my dictionary now. No worries. All right, next question. Yeah. So, are there things you're still learning about Aussies? Ah, yeah, for sure. The, you know, different people um, I meet, for example, especially when new people coming into my life, then obviously they have different vocabulary. And then, you know, now and then I get like, oh, I need to actually just uh, Google this word because what that means and, uh, you know, your short form of texting as well, it's just letters. Yeah, um, so I'm like, uh, what that means. <laughs> so, yeah, but look, it's, it's wonderful that I'm still learning, which is great. You know, the, the stereotypical Aussie is probably, it's, de- I don't know if it's me. I sound like a really dinky die Aussie cause I've lived here my entire life, but I'm a first generation Australian. My parents were born overseas as well, but you're an Australian as well. You're an Australian citizen. We come in all shapes, sizes, colors, race, religions, creeds, and everything like that. Um, it's just the stereotype that I'm kind of going for there. Do you ever say the word g'day? You say g'day to people? G'day, uh, not so much. <laughs> it doesn't um, roll off the tongue the same way it does to me, right? Uh, I would say, I'll see you later. But yeah. um, in, in the beginning, like when I went to shop, like let's say 10 years ago, and the shop assistant told me that, see you later. And I'm like, how do you know that you see me later? Like, <laughs> that's so strange. She said, see you later, but I'm sure, later, I'm yeah. sure I'm not going to turn up here again. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking that, oh, maybe I need to clarify this. <laughs> Language yeah. is such a, such a big thing. Tell me, what's your favorite part of Australian culture? I guess um, that it's very similar where I'm coming from. The values are very similar right. with Estonia. So really, 
Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing because I feel that I, I fit uh, quite well mm-hmm. <laughs> into this culture. So, yeah, uh, just what I like about Australia the most really in the culture is openness and willingness to help and and see, you know, when someone actually needs a hand with something stranger can just walk up to you hey may i take a photo for you you know this is not estonian thing estonian thing is like you know at least back in a day when i was living there <laughs> might be changed now but you know you don't sort of enter a stranger space mm-hmm. a personal space so you don't normally start talking to a stranger unless you know uh, you've got sort of reason to, but in here, it's like you can cross the road and it's like, hey, mate, how you doing? Like, where, you know, how your day is going? So I really enjoy that, that people, you know, are willing to help each other and not really expect something back. You know, this is not the rule. Obviously, there are, um, you know, the people in the society still who don't have that mentality, but most people have. So which is really great. And yeah. That's what I, you know, I want to be like that. And I am like that now more than I was before, for sure. Well, that's really nice. It's really nice that you say that and you say such nice things about our society and our culture. I think we suffer a little bit from big city mentality. If you're in Sydney or Melbourne, it's not so much like that. I spent a bit of time in country New South Wales recently and I walked out of the the motel and it was about 200 metres up the road to the local cafe where I was going to get breakfast. And I must have walked past about four or five people and all four or five people were like, good morning, hello, good day, hi. And I was like, this is kind of not really, I'm not used to this where I'm from, but that's what real Australia is like. That's what real Aussie yes. is like. And yes, you know, definitely. it's like that here in the city too. If you stop and say hello to somebody, they might look at you a little bit funny first, but then they'll say hello back to you. But it is, you're quite right. That is our culture and it is a wonderful part of it. Yeah. All right, uh, serious podcasting question here. Tell me, Leah, who's your, who's the biggest person that has a that you feel has a big influence on you from an artistic perspective? Uh, there, there actually been a few, you know, definitely from the old masters, you know, uh, impressionist like you know Van Gogh for sure, then Monet, um, then also Edgar Munch because Edgar Munch is you know it's mystical. It's sort of, you know, you question, um, you know, why he painted this, this weird <laughs> picture. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like when um, the art, what I see creates questions and feelings. And it's, it's actually has a, a sort of meaning to it. Why the artist painted this? What went through his, his head or her head? So um, from uh, Australian artists, I, I like Catherine Parton. She's very interesting painter as well, very colorful, uh, a lot of detail, and um, yeah, I find many artists interesting because I find that um, uh, you know you can take away from every artist something, um, mm-hmm. you know, what can actually teach you or or um, you know question different areas about their art. So I think that art should be creating curiosity. So and um, feeling um, and some sort of emotion. That's uh, beautifully, beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that with us. Last, Thank uh, you. last question of the quiz here. If you had ten minutes, you could go back in time and visit anybody from history, but you only could spend ten minutes with them. Who'd you visit, and what would you say? 
Pablo Picasso, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want to go and visit Pablo, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I reckon that his character probably, you know, could be very interesting. Um, what would you ask him? I'd, I'd be asking him, what were you thinking, man? What, what's going on in, in that head of yours to paint that stuff? Well, yeah, for sure. That, that, that would be because, um, you know, he's a father of Cubism and, and um, he's, the, he's the person who created the new movement um, altogether and shaped the world. So uh, I reckon that I would like to have a casual dinner with him and, and perhaps like paint together with him and, you know, sort of get all the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to get all the knowledge, of course, <laughs> but, you know, get those key areas, what he thinks are important uh, to be a great artist and, and successful artist in his mm. lifetime, because he was the one actually who um, didn't need to suffer in terms of financial circumstances around, um, you know, he, he actually was able to create a, a good income for himself when he was alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why that's because it's hard world is, you know, to become a really, really famous artist and, and really successful. So you need to be a business person as well. You mm-hmm. know, um, you, you need to be a lot more than just uh, painting pictures. Yeah, it's very, very different in the modern world. If you want to do that for a hobby, or you want to do that for a job. It's very hard to do. That. Well, thank yes. you so much for sharing all of that. That's a fun little way to warm up and ease ourselves into the podcast. Will people come on over to the Go All In podcast later to learn more about others that have gone all in? So if you could, mate, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? I reckon um, probably the biggest one, uh, I, I would say, is definitely making that move 2009, January, when I arrived here from um, other side of the world, not really knowing what I'm getting myself into. So um, it was just um, I was open to everything and attached to nothing, really. <laughs> so... Um, also, my English was extremely poor at the time. I wasn't able to communicate. That was one of the key reasons why I came to Australia because I needed, so I wanted to speak second language fluently. And um, at the time when I grew up back in Estonia, English didn't come really easily for me. Uh, so I started studying um, English, uh, you know, grade six, and um, then it still was more so focused on grammar and not so much on communication. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, what do you do with only grammar, really? (laughs) Nothing, right? (laughs) So um, I I felt that it's such important language to be able to communicate with the world. So that's why I decided to choose Australia because I can practice English here as well as it's warm which is a total opposite uh, in Estonia, right? So these are the two main reasons. And um, now I'm speaking, communicating in English and, uh, you know, also um, working in English, obviously. So what is is biggest achievement for me? Yeah, that's the biggest one. Um, uh, 23 and now I'm 33. So you're not a kid. You've kind of grown up and you've left school, you've found your place in the world. What on earth possessed you to pick up your whole life, not being able to speak the language and then come to another country where you don't speak the language? Can you remember 
What were you thinking? Were you just like, oh, I've got to get out of here. I've got to go and do that. Was it just on a whim or was it something that was planned? Well, many years, every time when I heard, um, you know, someone, someone talking about that they lived um, in other country, you know, could have been anywhere, but, you know, just experienced different cultures and, and, and they had a second language and, you know, maybe even more than two languages. Yeah. I was always like, Oh, can you tell me more about your experience? I really want to, I really want to hear more. Tell me. I was like, I idolized those people. I was like, Oh my God, you are so amazing. So I just was so drawn to those people who actually done something like that. And I had just that thought like, Oh, would love to go, would love to go. But I did not sort of plan to go. Things just lined up that way that my my friends uh, two friends i remember it was a uh, christmas day and um my high school friends you know past high school friends mm-hmm. we have like a group we always get together um and uh, so christmas time two girls they they start talking and uh, they they said oh we are going to australia and i'm like oh what you going to australia i'm in <laughs> i'm coming as well and you they're like <laughs> yeah they're like what are you talking you are not invited like you're living together with your boyfriend you have very successful relationship you have amazing job there is no invitation for you <laughs> right and i'm like i i was really happy it's not like i tried to ex- escape i had that desire that what sort of like nothing mattered it's not like i didn't love my partner and my family and and all of that it was something like i need to experience this this is bigger than anything i need to do it yeah. and i was like okay when we going what's the plan i'm in and so um one of those girls actually packed off stayed to estonia and then the other girl um came with me as well as one more girl, my friend who joined us. So she's living at the moment in Gold Coast with uh, with um, Australian guy. They married and they have two beautiful boys. Very nice. So and they met actually second weekend when we moved uh, to Australia. So oh, we wow. actually moved the same complex as as he was living. So how weird is that? So yeah, that's a it's a really beautiful story because. You know, I'm a, I'm a very proud Australian. I think for the people that are listening to this, I think we live in the luckiest country in the world. And I'm, and I'm sure you would echo that. We have incredible opportunity here and we have everything that you could ever ask for. And it's very safe here as well. You know, you don't have to worry about getting shot up or blown up. Sure, we have crime like everywhere else, but it's, it's a safe place. And there's an opportunity for prosperity here if you want it in every aspect of your life, you know, financially, spiritually, from a family perspective and any aspect or an artistic perspective in your case. And it's a really, really great place. And I think I'm biased because I'm here, but I embrace that fully. And, you know, it's really interesting. This country in Australia was not built on anything but immigration. It's immigrants that came to Australia that built the Snowy Hydro Scheme that helped us build the infrastructure and and gave us the opportunity that we have today. So to hear your story of modern day immigration is kind of cool as well. So you've come to Australia in 2009. Obviously, the language barrier is the first thing there that you've got to overcome. What did you do? Did you go to some classes or did you just go and hang out with Aussies and meet people and learn to speak the language? 
Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I, yeah, I just hang out with Aussies as much as possible. So I didn't um, really, you know, I wasn't interested to sort of hang out with Estonians because I was like, I'm here. I'm here to actually learn, uh, learn English and I'm here to learn about them because otherwise I, I you know, what's the point? So, so you, you weren't in the expat community at all? You would have been in there a little bit, but not much, right? No, like, what do you mean ex? Sorry, can you clarify? Ex- so the Estonians that are here in Australia already... Um, yes. Have you met with any of those people and been part? Oh, we did. Like we had like little gatherings, but not a lot, not okay. a lot, because most of the time I spend time with um, with Australians, and um, yeah, that's how I learned. And they were very helpful as well. So they were correcting my English, and you know, telling me, "Oh no, Leah, that's how you say it." Um, they <laughs> yeah. laugh at you sometimes obviously funny things can (laughs) something yeah exactly there are people yeah it's still happening though (laughs) so (laughs) it's still happening it's a kind it's a kind and loving laugh it's like oh no not like like this yeah yeah that's right that's right (laughs) nice one nice one so what was your first job when you got here to australia what was the first thing you did Oh, well, you know, when you, when you get here with working holiday visa, um, so you are actually limited with the options you can actually do, like at the time, at least in our circumstances. So it's six months you, you can actually be with one employee. So what we did, we, uh, especially because I didn't have language as well at the time. So we started with cleaning jobs. And then I remember that day I was like, no more. I cannot do this anymore. That's I not felt how to do. Yeah, yeah. I felt because um, you know, I I finished a master's degree back in Estonia in teaching and and I was like, you know, this I feel how my it's not like I did it a long time. It it was a few months, but yeah. like my I felt like how my brain started to like die. <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Physically it was really good. Yeah. And I know how to make beds now. I I know how to clean properly now, which yeah. is great, you know. But just for my own space. But anyway, my my head. I felt how it started to like die, and I I, I was like, this is the very last linen I'm gonna lay here, you know. And, and then what happened? I went home. I googled. I was thinking, what I wanna do here. What I want to do here? I'm like, I want to be a teacher. This is who I am. Yeah. So this is what I should be doing. I don't care. I can't really have proper, you know, English yet. Oh, I don't speak proper English yet. So I was like, I want to do that. And I Googled Gold Coast Art School. I went in there, just walked in with my resume. And um, I said, this is me. This is who I am. I want to work for you guys. I want to teach. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, look, we don't have position at the moment going, but, you know, come and have a look, you know, what we're doing here. And I'm like, oh, that's great. So I went in and I did like few teacher aid um, days. Yep. And um, so they liked me and they said, look, give us a few months and we put the group together for you. And that's how I started. And um, how, how it was in the beginning was all my weekends I prepared the classes so because i needed to literally translate from everything 
<laughs> and I had English books as well, art history books and all of that. But the, the, the language, speciality language is very complex. So I needed to translate every second word. And um, it was like, took me a lot of effort, but that's how I was able to, you know, get better in English. So that's how I studied. And then I, I went, I studied a lot. I uh, rehearsed a lot. And then I went and, um, and, and gave that class. Um, did, did you yeah, make but some it was mistakes? a lot of work done. Did you make some mistakes when you were first doing it? It must have been really hard. <sighs> oh, yeah, of course. But look, uh, children are very forgiving, yeah. you know. Uh, they are very, such a good audience. Did they you know? correct you? <laughs> uh, or not really? Didn't need to? Uh, I think that it was more, they didn't really need to because we were able to communicate. Yeah, they helped me out, I would mm. say. Not so much correcting, but helping me out. Let's say if I, I sort of didn't know, couldn't sort of find the word, then they're like, oh, you mean this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know, and then we were able to use body language as well when, you know, a lot as well as obviously, you know, pencil and, um, and, uh, and paper. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started off. And, um, I, lo uh, I, love, and I love your story because it's a story of coming here with nothing, not really knowing anybody and then making it for yourself and just going for it. And that's where the great Australian opportunity lies right there. If you go out there and put yourself out there and just have a go and go all in on it, it's amazing what turns up. Did any of your other friends do anything like that when you were with them or did they have this, they would have had the same struggles as you with language, etc. Uh, well, their English was actually better than That's mine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. However, they, they still stayed doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I moved on um, because I just felt I couldn't anymore, but they did that a bit longer. And then, um, uh, one of them moved to waitressing. I did a bit of waitressing as well to, to help with finances, obviously. But can you imagine to get my waitress job? I had three interviews in the same place. I went back three times and he, ref he actually the owner of that place. I said, second time I, I went there, I said, look, tell me why I can't get that position. I can do the job. And then third time I went back and he said like, look, I don't need to have an interview. Just come for a trial. He had enough of me already. He's like, come for a trial. And I said, I got the job. I worked there for a few, few years helping him out um, as a waitress. And, and I said, why you never gave me a job? Why you never gave my girlfriend the job? You know, because we came together and her English was so good. And, and he said, look, you were friends. How I can give one a job when I can't give you a job? I said, why you can't give me a job? Why you weren't able to give me a job? Your English was too poor. And, you know, I went third time back. My other friend found a different um, waitressing job at the time. But I went back to the same place. And then finally he's like, oh my God, gee, come for a trial. And it, yeah, and then I got and again, it. It personifies everything it means to come here as an immigrant and commit and to go all in and to make a life for yourself when you've really got no choice. And you're so lucky to have chosen Australia because that comes up really good. So how long were you here when you started to get a little bit of momentum behind you and you thought, hey, I'm really starting to like this place and 
I think maybe I want to stay. Did you did you go back home after your after your working visa ended, or what what happened? Did you come and just stay? Uh, well, um, I, I went to visit home, uh, but I guess because I, I met my partner at the time, um, so this sort of changed things. So done. I didn't, I did not have, I did not have, you know, I came in the beginning um, with the thought of, you know, staying here for, for six months because I had a job, uh, another job lined up. Um, in Estonia to go back and, and work in the media industry, which was an amazing opportunity. I already worked for, uh, for the channel um, for a few months before I came. And six month, months in, like, and my, you know, employee was like, what's happening? Are you coming? And I'm like, no, I can't come type of thing. Because I felt that it's so much more to explore here. Right. I felt, how can it's I go? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen enough Australia. It's all world around. Like, it's so big place. I've got so much more to explore. I'm like, my English is not exactly where I want that to be. I'm like, it's, I can't go yet. Yeah, that was, and then I met my partner. Then obviously, you know, family life, etc. started and, and all of that. So, um, sort of natural move. So I didn't really, need to think there was actually times where I was like oh really okay am I staying here and then I felt that I really need to make that clear decision whether I stay here or not whether I stay and 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 that was actually really 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 hard for me to to actually you know do that but now what I think 10 years in I think that what I want is to be able to have a lifestyle where I actually can, you know, spend time at home, let's say, uh, you know, a few months in a year. That's what I'm after because I feel that my heart, in a way, you know, longing for those people, my family, which is like, you know, I've been away from them like 10 years, which been my choice, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment, I'm, I'm, uh, my plan is to create a lifestyle where I actually can have both. Australia and also Estonia and my my lovely people in my life who I love so much, my family. And and beautifully and said, and there's absolutely no reason why you can't have it all. And there's no reason why you can't make that happen for yourself, especially here in this economy, in this country, with these opportunities. There's absolutely no reason that can't happen for you. And it's great that you're working towards that. It's exciting. So, I mean, most people are not faced with really big decisions about, am I staying in this country or am I going back home to that other country? I mean, the biggest decision I have to make in my day is whether or not I'm going to eat a piece of toast with Vegemite or jam. You know, the the decision-making process that I have is not huge like that. How, How did you approach those decisions? What was your thinking? Well, it's definitely haven't been easy. It's, it's taken very, very, uh, you know, many goes, <laughs> thinking over and over and, and, you know, because um, obviously just, you know, when you haven't seen your family for two years, for example, and normally when it sort of um, goes past that, like two years plus, then really, you know, I feel that I start longing more and more and then it's like, oh my God, maybe I should go back. Or, <laughs> but, but the thing is that I believe that what I, uh, what I aim to create is a possible. And that's why I have 
you know, remained here. And I, I love the country. Um, and it's not like I don't love Estonia. I do. But, you know, I want to have it all. <laughs> yep. You know? So, and I believe it's possible. That's why I stick to my decision. Yeah, there's, there, I think there's a big difference between believing something's possible and then taking the next step to actually make it possible for yourself. And I know that you're doing that and I know that you're moving towards that. So once you have that belief that, Hey, yeah, I actually can have it all. I could live for three months there and nine months over here. And I could live in between both places and come and go, maybe I'll live in France or maybe I'll live in Argentina or somewhere. It doesn't have to be back home in Estonia. It's interesting. The decision-making process is, is about belief there. Once you believe that you can do it, and you start taking action and steps towards it, it really starts to materialize in your life. Tell me, are you tracking in the right direction? Is it all going in the right direction for you? Yeah, definitely. So I'm uh, working on uh, building up, building multiple income streams mm -hmm. so that I'm able to, you know, when the time is right, to actually come to self-employment status. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's, long, it's, it's a long road. It's, it's process. Uh, it's a process and um, look, the preparation needs to be done. Preparation and uh, for me, it's multiple avenues um, what I need to, you know, build in order to create that lifestyle, what I'm after. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm building now. And, but definitely it's going uh, in the right direction. Well, it's really cool because we're mates and I'm looking forward to seeing that unfold for you and, and helping you along the way there. And, and at some point we should bring you back on the show and talk about when you come on to the other side of that in about two or three months time when everything's super successful and you quit your day job and you go on living in between. It's going to be exciting. Uh, it's really but it takes more than a few months. Come it on, takes come more. On, bring your time <laughs> on, uh, it takes uh, well. I'll, I'll do my best, but definitely it takes more than a few months. <laughs> it, it does, and I'm just being facetious and and a little. Bit yeah, thank you for believing in me. <laughs> but you know, if someone if someone's listening to this and they're thinking about doing something similar to you, and they want to go and live as an expat in another country, and they want to go and make a life for themselves elsewhere, what would you say about that? What advice would you give to them? Oh, well, be ready to experience uh, everything in terms of, you know, fun, curiosity, interest. You get a lot of inspiration. But on the other hand, know that, you know, once the fun part sort of, you know, the exploration stage is sort of like, you know, reached to a point, then, you know, understand that there there are that, uh, you know, missing home and homesickness may come up. That's a, <laughs> you real, know? That's a and, real thing, right? A real yeah, thing. yeah. So that come, comes up, but know that it, this is normal, you know. Don't be too hard on yourself. Know that this is normal. I did not know that. I was thinking that, you know, I, I felt totally lost, you know, a few years in. I felt totally lost, but this was, you know, homesickness. And I did not have any idea about it, you mm. know when I start working in education, then I'm like, I worked with um, many international students, 95% students were international students. And, and there was all those policies and, and all of those, you know, homesickness things and all of that stuff. And I'm like, Oh, is that the thing? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I went through this. 
And I did not even know what it is, but how I was able to get out of this was I started running long distances, running every day, running longer and longer, longer distances. And that's how I got out. So keep your body moving because body (laughs) helps your mind. (laughs) So yeah, don't expect that, you know, you're coming here and and it's all going to be easy. If you do come to another country, you know, know that, uh, you know, there are positives and, and, and also a lot of hard difficulties you need to deal with, but you know, you get past it. Just be kind to yourself. Well, that's beautifully said. And that's exceptional advice as well. Um, and very heartfelt as well, I might add. So thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> thank I, you. I, I always say personally that it doesn't matter where you go, you take yourself with you and, whatever attitude or approach that you have from where you are right now, you're still going to have the same attitude and approach when you go somewhere else, you know, moving your location from a physical perspective is not going to change you as a person. You're still going to have the same feelings, wants and desires. So you just got to be ready and a little bit more open-minded when you go to other places. I've been fortunate enough in the military to be deployed in different places for extended periods of time. And I'd never really felt homesick as such. I miss the people in my life. I never felt homesick, but I do know what you mean by you have ups and you really do have bigger ups and downs. They're a bit more amplified when you're away and whether or not you're with your friends or with your family, when you're away for an extended period of time, the feelings that you have are amplified a little bit more because you just don't have that, that closeness there. Had that been your experience as well? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, as we draw it uh, to the close of this podcast, Leah, if I met you 18 months ago, and this is the Leah that I see in front of me right now, this is the, the woman that I know. If I met you 18 months ago, how different were you? Well, I reckon um, um, two years ago, I um, now I'm all about like learning more, you know, socializing, networking with people. Um, really, really want to be around business people, um, around my, surround myself with like-minded people so that, you know, I just can expand my mindset. Yeah. So, and you weren't doing that two months, two years ago, two, two, two years ago, um, I did that a lot less. I did that a lot less, but uh, three years ago I moved to Sydney mm-hmm. and two years ago I started really, you know, uh, more that self-development road. But I mean, it's not like I didn't do it before, but less. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I actually, um, I read Tony Robbins book, uh, you know, when I was in high school, but power within. And then, you know, here two years ago, when I saw the sign on the bus, Tony Robbins coming to see uh, Sydney, mm-hmm. I was like, three years ago actually I saw it three years ago I was like wow this is amazing I see this guy I've wanted to see this guy like high school time like when I read the book I'm like oh my god Mm. yeah can you imagine I read the book high school time and I had that thought how it's possible to see him live and I never thought that I could but and then I saw that um, ad and I'm like I just started my uh, my job at the rocks at the time. And I'm like, I need to go this 
I know there is only limited days. I sort of like, I give notice, but I really need to go this. And um, my manager said at the time, no, Leah, like, this is too short notice. I'm sorry, but no. Can you imagine? That's one of the reasons as well why I want to be self-employed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I couldn't go. And I said, look, I'm going to buy the tickets for next year now. And I'm going to put in the leave now for next year. Mm-hmm. Would that work? Yes, next year is fine. That's what I did. So it was exactly two years ago. Oh, wow. And did you, what did you go to? UPW? Did you go and walk? Yeah, 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 I did that. But I did it two times. So I did it last year as well. So I did it two times. Tony yeah. Robbins, junkie, hey? And, um, <laughs> look, it's not only him. Not only him who I admire. And I think that he, it's a lot of to learn from him. But, but um, you know, many, many others too. So, yeah. So there are so many great people out there today who to take away from. So, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Well, a personal development journey from, from the last 18 months is something really interesting. Tell us, Leah, what are you working on at the moment? What's happening in the next 18 months to two years? Your business is still moving forward. Your coaching business is moving forward. What's, what's coming down the pipeline for you? Uh, well, exactly that. So I'm, I'm uh, studying um, at the moment to become a coach. So uh, first of all, I, I um, you know, um, you keep coaching and um, also get my certificate uh, in coaching. That's what I, um, you know, uh, need to complete next year. By next year, also working on um, other income streams Mm -hmm. which i would not point out at the moment but i have a meeting after that so um yeah so um, i am uh, working on those things but i would prefer to fill you in you know down the track sort of on on the track yeah yeah keep in touch and come and revisit it that's pretty cool uh, yeah revisit it but most importantly yeah that that's what i'm planning is is um is uh, get my income streams build it up that way yeah nice. and also and add, can, add more teaching add you more can teaching. live that lifestyle that you want to live and have it all tell me Leah, if people want to connect with you how can they reach out and connect with you you can you can find me on instagram and also facebook um instagram is um lee art and um underscore and then uh, in facebook it's lee art as well l i a r t Cool. Well, I'll make sure both those links and the link to your website is also included in the show notes. Well, that just about wraps it up for the Goal In podcast today. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, pop open your favorite podcasting app and hit that subscribe button because that helps us out a boatload. And if you like what you heard on today's show, don't forget to leave us a review because that helps as well. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for coming on, Leah. We look forward to revisiting your story and speaking again with you soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye for now, Robert.